0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Some tough breaks, puck goes off a ref, and you know I thought we played really well in that game. Obviously, there's, you give up uh, five goals, and you don't want to do that, but I don't have a huge problem with the, the way we competed and the way we played. There's some mistakes, clearly, um, that we need to clean up, a couple tip goals and stuff like that, but... Uh, you know, the compete was there. The effort was there.
1: I uh, listened to the post-game show yesterday on 680 CGOB, hearing Josh Morrissey say that. Um, I was like, well, that's that's the clip I'm going to run in the morning, and that's what I'm going to use to open up the show because that's exactly how I felt about the game yesterday. Stuff not- to clean up. You know, they had depth scoring. You know, the, they, they went to the net. Those things that the coach has been harping on over the last two weeks or so, at least week and a half, Um, I felt like the Jets did it. I felt like Josh Morrissey uh, got the team going. I felt like in the first period, Jim, they were uh, waiting for something to happen, waiting for somebody to do something. Josh Morrissey went to the net got a greasy goal and then things really really started to change and um, that's what it was exactly how I felt about the game last night and the six five loss to the in um, a shootout to the LA Kings nothing not perfect obviously a lot of things to work on but I, I don't know how you could watch that game and be upset with 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 how the Winnipeg
2: Jets played you know what? I'm impressed that you said last night, this is what I'm going to do. And then you did it because yeah. I'll be listening to game and go, I should run this. And then the next day I just don't. And I'm like, <laughs> why didn't I run that? I forgot to write it down. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah, look, there was. A, I know it's not what Jets fans want to hear. And, and we can't yeah. skirt the issue that they had two two-goal leads. Three two-goal leads. Three two-goal leads. Yeah. Sorry. But when you put it into the context of how this team has played the last couple of games and week, um, There's a lot more positive than negatives, but yeah. they did blow some leads. They're not there yet. They're not no. firing on all cylinders, but it was a much improved than what you saw against the Islanders, which was improved than what you saw from Colorado. I, I like the quote that I think Bonus had, where it just it just doesn't happen. Like yeah. when you're trying to get out of a slump, it's not like that. All of a sudden, after six games, you just blow somebody out seven nothing, and everything in your game is perfect. Yeah. So they build on it, and I know some fans might not want to hear that, but that's the way it is. And and they got a point. Like. They need points.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got to pick up points. And to talk all about it, joining us now, Paul Edmonds, Jets Radio Play-By-Play, man on 680 CJOB. Paul, how you doing?
2: A man who always follows through on everything he says he's going to do.
1: Absolutely. When I booked him yesterday, I
0: knew he'd be here right
1: on time. Paul, what's up?
0: (laughs) I've got a couple of points. I don't want to make them right now. All right, <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah,
1: Well, I mean, we, we, we heard you, of course, during the game, uh, live on six eighty CGOB. But after a, a night of digesting what happened yesterday, uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I agree with you guys. I there was a lot to like about what we saw last night, and first and foremost was some emotion, was some passion, was the compete, and I think that was reflected in how the fans responded to what was going on on the ice. I mean, they were into it. It felt, again, like they were engaged in what their team was doing. And that's because the team was playing the right way. And listen, it's a blue-collar town, and our city's growing and all of that. But still, we revert back to... Basically, lunch pail people here. I mean, we've got to go to work. We strap it on and and grind it out. And that's the way they want their team to play with a little bit of skill. And we saw that last night. Now, yeah, indeed, there's some things to clean up. But you just, as Rick said in a poignant moment yesterday post game, you just don't come out of a slide. You know. When you're still winning, when your team's not playing the right way and you're going down and you're probably going to hit a bit of a swoon, and you also know before the results start to be positive in and wins and, and then scoreboard sort of reflection of your team's coming out of it. and I think that we saw the Winnipeg Jets starting to come out of it uh, or maybe taking a major step in coming out of it uh, last night, uh, even though they lost in the shootout to a pretty good Los Angeles team, no doubt about it, who got a little bit better after the game was over in a swap for goaltenders with Columbus.
2: Mm. Sometimes after a trade, Paul, guys come in and get goals and light it up, and then you never hear from them again. Other times, they come in and they hammer everything that moves, and last night, we saw, you know, he didn't score, but uh, Nino Niederreiter's debut, but he's a veteran, and he's been on a couple of teams now. Uh, I thought he came as advertised. What was your impression of him, and, and where do you see him going forward from what you saw yesterday live?
0: Well, you know, you always sort of Judge a player by what other players say about him or her, right? And in this case, everything that you talked about with other players about Nito Nito Rider, the same thing came back, and that was he's a hard guy to play against. Big body competes. We saw that last night. I mean, he makes the Winnipeg Jets top six, top nine much deeper. And I think what he's got in certain assets is the physicality of having a bigger body at six foot two and two hundred pounds. I mean, we saw him hit uh, Dersey last night, Sean Dersey along the wall, and that uh, you know kind of engaged a bit of a ruckus that went on. He's got some hands. Uh, he's not afraid to go to the front of the net. They've got him there, net front, in the power play. Yeah, it was a one-game debut. Um, we're not going to judge everything on sixty minutes of hockey for the guy, or sixty-five in the case of last night, plus a shootout but I think that this is a solid acquisition with a little bit of term on his deal and you only had to give up based on the prices that we're seeing these days, a the second round draft pick, so I love the acquisition, I think he's very happy to be here um, feels connected right away uh, in the way that guys kind of brought him in and, and were inclusive and, and so from that standpoint uh, it's a good move for the Jets it got deeper on the forward core and they, they kind of got something that they were missing and that was a little bit more of that ruggedness and maybe a finesse guy that can also play a little bit more of a stronger game. Um, and we saw that on display last night. So, you know, what's next? I mean, he was physical last night. Well, he had on a couple of points, this is a guy that's been a six-time 20-plus goal scorer in the National Hockey League with almost 800 games to his resume and 82 games postseason. So there's a lot to like about what he brings. And we only, I think, saw the tip of the iceberg last night, gents.
1: Yeah, a loudest part of the game last night for sure was uh, him going to the box in the fight and, and all that. And the fans were screaming Nino before... Things even got going and the puck got dropped, so fans ready to to love him. I mean, a lot of the post-game talk, uh, Paul, was about building towards something. That was a lot of the focus, and it, last night was something to build onto. Um, we're, we're seeing some text messages in Texas Show 204 780 saying, well, you know, there's, there's 21 games left here. Can that still be a term you can be used, you know, with, with just over a quarter of the season left to be played here? I mean, can you still be saying building towards something?
0: Yeah, I think you're building toward still finishing first. I mean, you're two wins away from being in first or second place in your division. You know, I mean, just because you've gone through a little bit of a, a tough stretch, we're entering last night. You were 4-8 and eight in your last 12. Uh, you know, you're now 4-8-1 in your last 13. I still think that there's lots of time to turn things around. You'll get that opportunity with a good test coming up on Friday against the Edmonton Oilers and then back home on Saturday against the Oilers and this you know, rare sort of home-and-home, home, back-to-back scenario. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Nikolai Ehler said it the other day, too, and it almost was like they were turning the page from all the negativity, and they were wanting to get back to the, the positive mindset, and, and aura in their in their room and that was you know we still believe there's something special that this team can accomplish this year and i didn't really feel like when nikolai presented that the other day that it was just you know he's kind of fishing and throwing something out and, and hoping that you're gonna bite on that i thought that he was pretty genuine when he was making those remarks so obviously if he, if he feels that way then so does uh the rest of of the dressing room and it permeates right through and So I think that there's still something that can be accomplished here, and there's still lots of time to do that, lots of time to work your way out, lots of time to get better. And you want to talk about things that they need to get better at. Yeah, you didn't want to give up five goals last night in your own zone, but one of the things, and we've talked about it a lot this year, and so is the coaching staff, they just have to get better at face-offs. I mean, yeah. last night they got crushed in their own zone. Losing those defensive zone face-offs that attributed to three goals by Anse Kopitar last night on deflections, is just something that you have to kind of start to really improve. That would be one of the areas that I think would be a focal point. And it's not far removed, of course, from that Carolina game where they had a 3 nothing lead and Carolina did the exact same thing here months ago. So they need to get better at face-offs. I noticed that Kevin Stenlund was taking a lot more draws later in the game. He's been the best face-off guy for the Winnipeg Jets. But that's one area to clean up. But overall, I think the Winnipeg Jets should be enlightened by the fact that they feel pretty good about themselves um, on what they've accomplished already. They know they're trying to get out of this run. They can feel that they're going to get to the top of it and out of it at some point. And there's still lots of time in order to, fat, to battle and, and fight for first place, not only in your division, but certainly maybe in the Western Conference. Because nobody's running away with anything right now, although Colorado is trying.
2: Speaking of face-offs, Paul, and it's such a valid point by you, and I thought it was at the forefront, especially in the defensive zone last night, as to your point about the Kopitar goals. I want to ask you, like, we hear the names out there, and it's been a wild trade deadline, but I, I faceoffs is something that, like, I think we often look at the names and the positions, but is there something like face-offs that you would look for if you're the Jets at this trade deadline, as opposed to, like, a player, and we all know what the player can do, but faceoffs, or is there something else as well that you go, you know, forget the names, just find somebody that can improve this part of the team?
0: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, faceoffs, we always think it's responsibility of the centerman to win it cleanly all the time into the corner or back to the wall or whatever it is, right? But, I mean, you have to be able to have wingers that can fight and, and win those board battles as well or those middle-of-the-ice battles for those 50-50 pucks off the draw. So, you know, needle rider is going to help in that so because he's a bigger body to try to move off the puck that might be in somebody's skates, right? He's probably going to win some of those battles. You know, I would like to see maybe if the Winnipeg Jets could go just a little bit bigger, a little bit more rugged on the blue line. I mean, I'm sure that that's something that they're shopping around for, whether it comes to fruition or not, between now and Friday at 2 p.m. Central. I'm not quite sure, and the price is going up, and they seem to be going up by the minute here. Uh, but that would help you as well, because I think once you get the puck, what do you do with it if you win the faceoff, especially in your own zone, right? Well, then you got to advance the puck and move it out. So you need a puck mover. You also need, I think, somebody, if you lose the draw, as they did a few times last night, and speaking of the Kopitar instances, well, get in net front, and then maybe remove Kopitar from the front of the net or don't let him have a real good opportunity for a tip. And that's where you maybe employ that bigger body in there to take away some of that space or block some of those shots. Because, you know, we have seen what's gone on when you collapse back down in front of your net and defend and the islanders did it uh, twice in five days to the winnipeg jets we saw a little bit of it last night from the los angeles kings it seems to be the book don't let the winnipeg jets get into the middle of the ice let them play on the perimeter and if we don't have the puck we're going to try to sort it out and we're going to collapse back down build a house and block every shot until we get puck possession. That's what Winnipeg probably needs to think about doing a little bit when it comes to losing some face-offs, to come back down on top of their goaltender and make sure that they block shots, get first touch after that, and get it out of your own zone. And you can do that maybe with a bigger body, or just a, a bigger body of the blue line in front of the net, and certainly a bigger body as they've got with Niederreiter on the wall to help you win those 50-50 puck battles after the puck has been dropped at uh, the dot.
2: Such a valid point when we hear about, um, Cam, and I know we got to go, but yeah. I, I love yeah. that point Paul just made, and Paul's still here, so I'm not like talking behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's so valid, Paul, because we hear this all the time, puck-moving defenseman, you don't need size, blah, 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 blah. That's an instance where you do like, of course, you need puck moving defensemen. And if you've got skill and can play the game, size doesn't matter. But along those lines, there are integral parts of the game that we often overlook, like faceoffs, like moving a Anse Kopitar from out from in front of the net. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't do it three times last night. Like those are the difference, the little intricacies of the game that if you can improve your team on, you do it. Um, and and not look at a stat sheet to do it. Those are parts of the game that are still very important, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Paul, I wish you had had some more time here. Got to let you go, though. Uh, Jets Radio Play-By-Play announcer here on 680 CGOB, Paul Edmonds. Paul, thanks so much. Uh, Take care. Okay, great
2: stuff. Try and enjoy Edmonton,
0: Paul. Yeah, I I enjoy Edmonton. It's uh, kind of like Winnipeg.
2: Yeah. Yeah, except worse. (laughs) <laughs> i don't lie.
0: travel on the ltr so yeah. <laughs> thanks
2: paul take care hey see you guys right. love having the Edmonds on yeah let's
1: uh take a break let's come back on the other side we're going to get into discussions it's been a real busy day uh followed by a real busy uh day yesterday ahead of the nhl trade deadline there's lots of names still being batted around of course the la kings making a big splash we alluded to that earlier we'll get into that and um more defensemen, uh, and you know the Winnipeg Jets could be in one of these. And there's a defenseman right now with the Winnipeg Jets, and his name is being tossed around right now. I'll tell you who that is when we come back Throwing after twelve thirty. Throwing it out there, it's being, it's just around. I'm just gonna
0: drop it here and Tear, swap it it's away. There. It's a little everywhere. Jets at noon on six CJOB. Hello, Sarah.
2: Hello, hello. Hi. Jim. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> are you gonna do it, Jim? It's the one-minute power play right now with Sarah McCarthy. Uh, that was a good it's, one. It's
1: even gra- It's <laughs> it's gravelly now. I'm tired. <laughs> like your like you're, your face is beat red. It's like all the blood just rushed to your face.
2: Where am I? Your your mom? You're like a tomato. Oh wait, I just cleared up. Cam, Cam's <laughs> here. There we are. Woo. I uh, lost it for a minute. Come yeah. huh, back, moly baby. Moly Hi Sarah. Hey. Hello. Sarah was at the game last night. She was. Go to the Did game. you have
1: fun? It was very fun, yes. yes. Not at the ending, but it was still fun. Yep. Lots of goals. She got a wristband
2: <laughs> for all the doubles she ordered. No
1: no, Keep no. an eye on
2: this one, since so yeah. Spand. Yeah. It was a weekend Double 50-50 double, no, uh, no. tickets is what we're exactly. talking about. Exactly. Right.
1: No winner there,
2: though, either. <laughs> so you went, was this your first Jets game? It was. First Jets game ever. You it get was. free hockey. We free.
1: Shout out to Tegan Rasha. Tegan Rasha, Global
2: TV, yeah. said, Sarah, you've never been to a game? Come with me. Yeah. I will take I'll you I'll show you the ropes.
1: It was great. And That's
2: then you great. got free hockey and a shootout. And yeah. when we asked you today what you thought of the game, you're like, Josh Morrissey can't do it all.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. First two.
2: I disagree. Just... I'm like, Josh, you don't have a fifth point in you? Oh, no. know. <laughs> He's also, fire.
1: She also said, like, uh, don't leave Anze Kopitar unmarked yeah. in slot. <laughs>
2: she, she said yeah. um, you might want to stop him from getting a fifth, mm-hmm. which I thought was great analysis. Yeah. I
1: Thank thought you. it was really good. couple yeah. hats for flying, she al- I told you. She also so. looked at me dead in the eyes, and she says, that power play's got to start. Working here. Yeah. Because all this fancy passing the puck up and down, yeah. it's not going to work. They got to be a little bit more you,
2: anxious. You texted me after the second period and said, Is Sarah at the game? Because she just texted me, This power play better get going.
1: I <laughs> take credit for everything you just said. Yep.
2: Well, <laughs> well okay. So, what's your feeling now? Of this team going forward, now that you've seen a game live. Now that you are a part good. of the
1: expert analysis team here it on success. It was good energy. CGB. It was good energy. Yeah. That's that's good, I, good that's energy. Good energy. Song. Big
2: energy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a song like that? Energy,
1: energy. yes. Energy.
2: Is, Is that a song? <laughs> something, I don't know. The kids Drake, play Yeah, Drake. Drake yeah. Oh, yeah. don't bring up Drake. No, don't do it. <laughs> I do not bring up Drake to no. me. No. You're not a Drake guy? I, look, nothing personal. <laughs> okay. But I'd be fine if he wasn't Canadian.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, they love him in Toronto. My brother went oh, to school in Toronto, him. and he was like, his album came out, and he was going to university and stuff. So this was a number of years back, but uh, it was like the entire city was stopped, and everybody just listened to that thing constantly. And this is all this, walks alike. This life. will
2: be the proper question today. Is it good music, Sarah? It's okay. It's okay. Some of it. Okay. That's how right. I. It. It's okay. It's okay. I just <sighs> you're not on the Raptors. K- Stay yeah. off the court. <laughs> Stop touching the coach. Can can I can
1: I say something? I you're not on the team. A lot of Drake when I was in high school was just as big as he was now. Mm -hmm. A lot uh, there was a lot of girls who liked Drake. I tried to like Drake just to be like cool and like like yeah I like Drake yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely I'm I'm into that. I tried for about a week and I could not do it. I can't stand. So here's the thing about my Drake
2: if. Say you want something from me. Like, say you want a one-in-one coffee, and I won't buy you one. It's called a regular. It is. Put me in a room, put on Hotline Bling, and I'll buy you seven of them just to get out of that room. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Good to know. Okay. Yeah, there you Uh, go, Sarah.
1: Sarah, thanks for the one-minute PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Morrissey can't do it all. Somebody should check Kopitar. Yeah. Yeah. And Hotline Bling is not popular with Jim. That's what we are Those are my notes. Yep. Thank you, Sarah. This Thank has been you. your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy.
1: This texter says, uh, good energy doesn't win cups. I must be talking about Drake.
2: Good energy doesn't win cups. Yeah? Well, yeah. you have to have energy to win cups, though. So you have to. I don't know if it's good or not. You need
1: more. For the te- The texture text texted, you, you need more than good energy. You need a lot of other stuff. But it's it's pretty important to have energy out there. If you're lethargic, I don't think you're going to be winning anything. Yeah.
2: Well, wow. and Justin Dunn, yeah. the former Guelph quarterback and CFL insider joined me and said when he was at Guelph, he put on Diamonds by Rihanna and See,
1: I would listen to that all day over Drake.
2: Shine bright like a diamond. That's way better. And I'm not I a just Rihanna picture fan. him in like shorts and a sleeveless shirt and a helmet I, I, during warm-ups throwing five-yard outs and ins. Shine bright like a diamond.
1: I'm I'm so happy you also don't like Drake's music, because I can't stand yeah, it. Yeah,
2: nothing uh, personal. It just, he's a little much, right? Like, yeah. let's be honest, Canada.
1: He's a little much, He's yeah. a
2: Canadian icon, fair enough. He's done very well, good for him, proud and all that. Yeah, he, he talks was Canada. on Degrassi,
1: all the, Yeah, he talks Canada all the time. He doesn't junior like- Junior high a lot of guys high they'll high run to the States and never talk about Canada. Yeah, he's we, not
2: like that. Fair but, enough. Yeah. But he's a little much. He's a little much. Yeah. A lot of hoopla, as my father would of, say, with him. A lot him. of
1: hoopla around him. yeah. Get
2: off the court. You're not on the team. Do not touch the coach while he's coaching. You're not a fan. Can't do that. Well, how
1: does hoopla translate into directly from Hungarian?
2: Hoopla. I don't know. I just remember. I think, I think
1: it's a Hungarian word. I isn't just it?
2: remember when my second cousin Ryan Reynolds, yeah, got married the Who? first time. Who? Double R. Oh, okay. R squared. Oh, yeah. As we call them in the family. He's trying
1: to buy the San Jose Sharks. And or I
2: was not invited, but my parents were. Oh. But it was in Vancouver, and you had to go to a hotel. Is that when
1: he got married to Scarlett Johansson? And then
2: you, I guess, I don't know. Who keeps track? <laughs> it was Scarlett. But uh, you, yeah. then you had to get on a bus, and then you had to take that bus to a boat, and then that boat went somewhere because it was all like. Yeah. And so when I found out, like months after the wedding, I'm like, I was surprised you guys weren't invited. My mom was like, well, you were. We were. I was like, "Oh, you didn't go?" And you know your dad didn't want to go, and I said, "Dad, you didn't want to go?" He goes, "Ah, it was too much hoopla." <laughs> So they didn't go.
1: You said no to Ryan Reynolds. Got invited. Got an ah, invitation. It's too much Scarlett hoopla. Ryan's wedding. We want you to be there. It's too much hoopla.
2: Well, I understand. I, I can get it. I uh, think that's the story. I'm pretty sure it was. Text about, the show
1: 204 yeah. um, 780
2: I wasn't invited, but I sent him $100 in a card, and I never heard it back.
1: Yeah. You never, never got a thank you note? No, disrespectful.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, before we get don't to that player's where you came name,
2: from, Ryan, who's been, been, i saw you once in my life when you were eight. Don't yeah. forget that.
1: Uh, yeah, don't forget that. Um, uh, before we get into that player's name, is being kind of batted around. Elliot Friedman was uh, was teasing this little bit of information. Uh, the officiating last night, I was not a fan of it. I thought it was wildly inconsistent. I thought there was holding calls that were getting called, and then they weren't later on in the game. I felt like there was cross checks that were getting called, and then weren't getting called later on in the game. I just felt – I felt there was a lack, and that's, I think, what drives me nuts the most. If you're going to make bad calls, make blanket bad calls, but just be consistent (laughs) about it. I can can stomach them way better. If it's just, like, awful officiating all around, it it makes sense to me. But it's when it's that wildly inconsistent. Yeah, I don't have
2: much to say because here's the thing. I thought some of the calls were good, but they haven't made those calls in a month and a half. Yeah. But they did the first two months of the season, and then the other ones, I'm like, that's not a penalty – so it was just inconsistent, and it wasn't uh, awful officiating. It was inconsistent officiating, and then it's not anything like we've seen. Like the past three weeks, I've seen stuff, and I'm like, that's a penalty. you got to call that. And they were doing that last night, so that's what stood out to me, but I don't believe the officiating on it. I am, um, I, I guess, like the goals I don't blame Hellebuck for at all. But well, if we're being honest,
1: it was not his best game. No, and it's should his had, best. He should have had I mean. that. And last he's not going to have his best yeah, every night. Yeah.
2: But um, the knuckler was was odd. But like Kopitar having a day like that is, you got to stop that. Yeah. But again, they're in this funk that they're trying to climb out of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sandberg blows a tire. That's the goal. I know that was a great shot by Velarde, but I, that's the goal that I. I mean, I'm just used to hellebuck in a moment yeah. like that with four minutes to go. He makes a spectacular save. Yeah. So I'm not beating him up on that at all. And I know Sandberg fell and got out of the play. So um, I mean, a lot of people ask him about Nito Rider's hit. To me, it's not suspendable. It's yeah. a height thing in the fact he was falling, although it is a penalty. Like, that is a head shot. But to me, that's not an egregious direct head infraction. He finished his check to a guy that was shorter than him and was falling. So yeah. I I have no problem with the penalty. I didn't think it was a major. I was like, this is not a major, but I thought it was a penalty, and the right call was made. But he is not going to get suspended or fined, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I'm. I, we would have already heard that come down the come down the pipe that he was going to have a hearing. That we would have already heard that information. And again, it was I, I can't add anything to what you said, Jim, because that's exactly. I know we're going to talk about
2: it. trade deadline, and we'll tell more about this tomorrow. But this is. Um, this is ominous. This is two big games against the Oilers, who yes. just got at home. Lowry mentioned that in the post game. Um, so, uh, like, this is going to be two tough games against Edmonton, who just got at home, got rid of Tyson Berry mm-hmm. goaltending. Um, I watched the Oilers game the other night against Boston, and McDavid and Drysaitel are just flying right now. Yeah, and that's that's what uh, we can break down the matchup tomorrow. But what concerns me about this is is like the Shifley's. The, the Dubois, if he's injured, the Connors, the Ehlers. Man, I thought Ehlers had another tough night last night. Yeah. And and that's just what I'm concerned with, where the team is struggling to get out of this. It's a funk that most mm-hmm. teams, Dallas is going through at the same time. But Edmonton's top two players, at least the other night against Boston, are flying on all cylinders. Like, they they look like they were in the playoffs against Boston.
1: Yeah, I, I, I hate to, to say that about, about Nick, but... Um they need more from him like he's just there was a reason why there was points in that game and I understand it was 11 forwards yesterday but he was playing with Carson Kuhlman and Morgan Barron cuz they're just not seeing enough from him and um, at Dylan Texas show 204-780-6868 I was and am a big Eilers fan but can you guys explain to me what he brings to the Jets team right now, besides skating up the ice, entering the opposition zone, and, and eventually getting knocked down and losing the puck, is he still hurt? Uh, you know, possibly. You know, after you get a, a serious injury like that and and something that you re-aggravated and went through surgery for, I think maybe it's human to be a little bit more cautious out there. Um, but I don't know if that's what I've been seeing from him. I've I've, I've been seeing him seeing him hit the line. I have. I there, there was there was points in the game yesterday where he was. He was holding. I felt like he was holding the offense up at the blue line because there was situations where he should have just dumped the puck in, and um, and uh, uh, Nick e- no, Nick Ehlers and I, I felt like he was holding up the he was holding the puck up, and in, in situations where he should have dumped it, and he was taking the, the puck into the zone, and maybe that's what he's being instructed to do. But i I'm, I keep seeing the behind the back passes from him.
2: Yeah, and I don't...
1: and I, he needs to stop that. And I know. That that's it's something that that he's been talked to about, and I'm sure it's something he's committed to changing. But for some reason, it's just something. It's like it just it's a habit. It just keeps falling back to it, and it's it's shutting offense down for this team. It's it is.
2: just my guess. I don't think that's what he's been told to do. I, I think yeah. he's been told to go north south. Uh, like I said on the New York road trip, he had his best game of the year, and he was going north south. He was taking you know some hits and going to the net constantly. That's what he needs to do. I know he's a, a zone entry guy, and I know he's a possession guy and all this and, and all that, but you've it's got to lead somewhere. Like, you can have all that great analytical stats, which it's awesome for him to have, and he is really good at that, but you've it's got to go somewhere. And, and the behind-the-back passes and the cross-seam passes or the gaining the zone and putting it back to the blue line through a seam – it just it's not smart hockey right now. No. And I hate to dumb it down and and I know it's not as exciting, but this is this is where you get geared up for the playoffs. North South, get the puck in and go get it. And yeah. and the four check is what's key for this team. I saw aspects of it last night, but um, I don't know. Like Nick had surgery, and I, I think, he, I don't think he is a much better player than what we're seeing from him,
1: without a doubt, hundred percent.
2: His inconsistency, his inconsistency the past two to three weeks, because he's had about two great games. I felt, mm-hmm. including the New York trip, and then the other ones are kind of you're waiting for more from him it bonus doesn't hate him and that's not his ice time is going down because he's just got to be better with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was the same thing we went through. They with need Paul him Maurice. to put up points. There's so many people and that
2: just attached Paul Maurice.
1: He hates Ehlers. He won't put him on the first unit power play and stuff like that. And then he slips into stuff like this and it's like, well, this is why this, this, that was, that was going on. But
2: uh, what'd you make of the overtime
1: quickly? Ah, uh, like the, to me, I was just like I felt like it I, had this, I, it had the same problems as the Jets' power play yesterday. That's exa- it was the yes. exact same problem. To what Bonus said, I've yes. said this
2: for months now with the power play. The puck has got to move quick and it's got to be instinctive. This, what Bonus said post game, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I thought three months ago, the power play sucks when they're looking to do something. I with got it. that clip right here. Not good enough.
0: No, no, no it's still not good enough. I, I, the puck doesn't move quick enough. And when it does, we're okay. When we hang on to it and look around, no, it's, it hasn't been good enough.
1: That forty-five seconds at the end of it was Shively, Connor, and, the and, and Morrissey Shoot the puck guys! Like, what are well, you like trying Connor to kill the time? Turned, like I know two it's not a great later?
2: angle, but it's Phoenix Copley who struggled immensely last night. Yeah. And I, I know that you're looking for that that tap in as you're circling but there was that last 45 seconds Connor turned around like four times where I'm like just put it, it on here. it net. becomes
1: so obvious though Jim that, that you're looking for the tap in if you're dancing yeah. around that much you know what I mean and then it's like okay we'll just angle them out and that's exactly what they did it's not he, hard to defend Connor's
2: snipe was beautiful last night in the game and yeah. I thought three times in overtime I'm like try it again like you you picked that corner
1: Copley did make a nice save in the shootout though
2: oh <laughs> that was a nice one I couldn't believe that
1: yeah that was a nice one <laughs> That was that was nice. A game of an inch. The inches we need are right in front of That's us. That's right. That was a nice save. I'll, I will give him that. Um, Logan Stanley, uh, Elliot Friedman. We only got about a couple seconds here, and we'll, we'll continue this discussion in the in the, in the next uh, uh, short short segment. Uh, but Elliot Friedman, uh, there's some action around Logan Stanley. He said uh, earlier this week that um, actually yesterday that Logan Stanley's name is being popped around right now, and I think if. Uh, a vi- if if a move is going to happen, I believe that there will be a move that happens. I I, I don't think the Jets are not going to pick up a defenseman at some point d- ahead of the trade deadline. They've always done that when they're buyers. I don't think that's going to be any different. That's just my estimation here. But I think I think I'm I think I'm right here. But Logan Stanley might uh, be a guy that gets moved as well as I think Jansen Harkins is a guy that probably needs. I'm not to
2: surprised pick. Logan Stanley's name out there. Um, everybody's looking at Heyola, and fair enough, but he's a commodity. He, mm-hmm. They had to protect him in the expansion draft. There are. And that's not because nobody wants him. It's because a guy that size, continuing to develop, slow developer, uh, teams will take a chance on. But I'll say this. Some of the trades yesterday, and even today, Lars Ellers, Gustav yeah. Nyquist, Luke Shen, I believe the Jets are in on those players and, and have re- contacted them. Yeah. The reason I think those trades are going on, including L.A., not getting chicken and going Gary Ogden, Girikov, sorry, and Copasalo, I believe, is because the Jets are working on something bigger. Mm-hmm. I, hope I so. know I butchered all those names. I'm sorry. You did a good job. Uh, no, I didn't. Don't don't lie to me, Kim. Not you.
1: Okay. <laughs> just <I was laughs> just trying, you. To be,
2: trying to be nice. I know, but give it to me straight. That was awful. <laughs> um, but I do believe that, and it might not happen. I'm not saying I know this for sure, but my gut feeling is telling me. That when those minor moves are going for third-round picks, yeah. it's because when the Jets circle back around, they have a third pick or Logan Stanley or a second-round pick involved in something else that they're trying to get done.
1: As we go to break here, Jacob Chickren is still available. because And Phoenix has Arizona. They have so is not- John
2: Klingberg and maybe Colton Pareko. And the do, other do you think that there's a, a
1: history of- between Klingberg and Bonus? Did they like each other down there in, uh, in Dallas?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Because he, was, he, he, was, he
1: wanted to trade out of there for like yeah, a long if time. If I'm
2: Klingberg and I took a one-year deal and I'm banking on somebody picking me up and cashing in next year because I couldn't cash in this year, I'd be like, Bring me anywhere that's going to the playoffs because I need to pad this resume going into free agency. This
1: texter says, Domi, please. Hey, that's a possibility. He's They need help in the face-off circle. I, like, guy the Domey. Can help
2: him. I like the Domi idea, but the latest I've heard is Chicago is desperately trying to work out a three- to four-year extension with them right now. Okay, That's will, the latest before we started the we'll show. We'll be right
0: back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB.
1: Welcome back to the show. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Um, the question is, if PLD is going to be available as well as Mason Appleton for the upcoming, they both were not at the practice again, just to reiterate that. If you missed that earlier on in the show, they were not practicing today. We'll see if they'll be back on the ice tomorrow. Uh, and if they will be available for the back to back home at home with the Edmonton Oilers got a text message here. This from Alex. And really, this is a positive text. Alex, didn't last night's game remind you of the six-five loss to Nashville in 2017-18? eighteen? First game after we picked up Stasny, we were also up five-three in the third in that game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that. I don't know if I have enough time, but you remember that, Jim? I don't, yes, yeah, I do. You do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of way. To, we got a long way to go here, but that's a that's a nice positive way
2: to look at it. Yeah. I mean, this is like. I don't know. Like, I understand the trepidation of fans because it's Mm. not going well right now and just of past history. But I just, I don't see this team missing the playoffs. And I'm well aware of the standings. I'm well aware that they're, but I mean, even Calgary is five points behind with the same... Like, so they have to lose five straight games, five or six, or not get points in any, and Calgary's got to win five or six to get in. Yeah. Like, I th- I think they're making the playoffs, but it's ominous that, you know, they, they've got to start playing well. That's what I'm concerned about. To me, the playoffs are— Yeah, the,
1: the, the playoffs are going to come here. I mean, they got to go 500. But, but like-
2: I do want them, over the next 20-some games, to get their game back and to start scoring and— get going and, and everything like that.
1: Jim told to take you all the way until three o'clock. That's it for me. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forge for producing the show. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. More deadline news.
2: See ya. Tomorrow. Sip. at noon on 680 CJOB.